You're listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Nineheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Welcome to the Eat With Grace podcast. I am Brooke, one of your hosts. And today we're going to be talking about control a little bit. So I think a lot of people, I think Christians included, I myself was, you know, one of them, uh, think that if we just eat healthy and take care of our bodies, that we're going to live a long, healthy life, right? And so is that true? I think that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to wrestle with today. Do we actually have control over our health or is that something that God is in control of? Uh, Do we play a part? Where do we play a part in that? So I guess that's the question we're going to wrestle with today. And so Jackie, when we talk about, you know, living healthy lifestyles or eating in a balanced way to reduce disease or risk of disease. What does that mean to you and what does that look like? Well, first of all, I think our culture is all about discipline. It's saying you just need to be disciplined, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you're going to uh, live longer. And we're here to push back on that culture because I don't believe that God really means um, how we eat and how we exercise necessarily to be a spiritual discipline. I, I was brought up, you know, very strongly believing in the spiritual disciplines of fasting and prayer and um, Bible reading and those kind of things. But sometimes we put exercise and eating right up there with the other spiritual disciplines. And I think we do it meaning well thinking we want to be healthy to serve God. I mean, we have a lot of really good sounding excuses or I want to live a long time. You know, I want to live a healthy life, but we get it all confused because there really is no diet. There is no meal plan that's going to add a single minute to our lives. I truly believe in my heart that God has destined a time for me here on earth and he has destined work for me to do And that I will be here as long as he has work for me. Um, I know that there was a car accident when I was a teenager and um, a friend's cousin died. And I remember her being so angry that someone suggested that that was God's time for her to go. And I didn't say anything because that's such an emotional issue. And I would never argue with someone in that situation. But on the other hand, I really believe that God has a time for us. And if I didn't believe that, I don't know if I could make it through life. My mom died when she was 32 years old and I was eight years old. And even at eight years old, I had to believe that that's when God deemed was the best time to take her. And um, my mom was very fit. My mom was very healthy and my mom ate incredibly healthy and we had a huge garden. So there was nothing in her life that would have indicated that had she changed 
her perspective on food and nutrition that she might have lived a little longer. That that just wasn't going to be the issue. So people who die of things like cancer or um, other diseases that aren't preventable, and, and people think they are preventable. And I think that's what diets and gurus of health try to sell us. What do you think? Oh, Mark? yes. No, I think the whole uh, dieting uh, wellness industry is full of false promises that if you just eat this way that you won't get cancer. If you just eat this way, every ailment you have is going to go away. If you just eat this way, or if you just follow this plan, or if you just take this supplement, right, all your problems are going to go away and you're going to live a long and healthy life. And I, I believe uh, the same thing you, Jackie, I believe, you know, God knows, he knows when our last breath is going to be. He knew that before, you know, the, before we were even born, um, how long we were going to live on this earth and how we were going to die. Like he knows that if we truly believe that God is sovereign, uh, we know he knows that. Right. So the one way that I like to view how health or um, our choices fit into this, because I mean, we could get into a big debate about, you know, free will versus predestination, which I don't think is necessary at this point. But, um, you know, because God does give us free will, he gives us the ability to make our own decisions. Those decisions, um, I don't think, like you said, they're not going to add a minute to our lives. But I do think that our decisions around how we take care of our body can affect the quality of our life right? It doesn't affect the quantity because God has our days numbered, but what we do can affect the quality. I do believe that. Like, you know, if I was going to live my life, um, you know, eating fast food every single day or, um, you know, abusing my body with alcohol or chronically overeating or starving myself, whatever, like that's going to significantly diminish the quality of my life, right? It could cause some self-induced health issues, or it could um, make my life a little bit more miserable, but when we take care of our body, well, I do think it, it can, it can improve the quality, uh, because we're going to feel better. We're going to feel better when we take care of our bodies, but there's like Jackie said, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that we're not going to get cancer. There's no guarantee that we're not going to get Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or some other genetic, you know, disease as we age, there's no guarantee that we're not going to die in a car accident tomorrow. I mean, I feel like the world and the dieting industry promises us so many things that really are not true. They're just false promises. And we need to make sure that we're keeping, that we're not believing those lies. We need to make sure we're not believing those lies and that we're keeping, um, you know, truth at the forefront. And that is that our days are numbered. And so our job is to make the best of those days that we do have. Believing that our days are numbered and that God has a very specific um, plan for us and time for us actually gives me a lot of comfort. It takes a lot of pressure off of me to, um, I don't have to perform. I don't have to know exactly, is this food better for me or is this food better for me? I can choose to eat in moderation all these different foods and a variety of foods, knowing that my body's going to get you know, the nutrients that it's need, but not worrying about if I eat this, I don't have to fear that I'm going to get cancer from it. Mm -hmm. So I've had some very, very dear friends get cancer. 
-hmm. they really ate all the right things. Like they would have followed and fit right in with the clean eating movement. They would have uh, fit right in with all the organic kind of uh, things, uh, all these different thoughts. It didn't help. It didn't help. We do not know exactly why they got cancer. Someone else didn't. Um, you know, I do tell my patients who have cancer in their family, especially like um, my daughters, they have inherited, you know, genes probably from my husband's family where several have passed away from breast cancer and several have had other kinds of cancers. So I definitely uh, feel like my daughter's staying away from alcohol is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. And there are other kinds of things that they can do since uh, there seems to be a propensity for uh, cancer for females in the family. But on the other hand, I still believe that it's not gonna make a difference in God's kingdom. That it gives me a lot of hope and faith in God's kingdom that his time is going to be where his time is going to be. So Brooke, maybe you can give me, maybe you can disagree with that, that, okay, do we need to, if we have a lot of cancer in our family, that we would watch these certain foods or what do you think about that? Actually, I agree with that. Um, and I think that's the one thing that's nice about science, right? Science has shown us a lot of things and we know we know through science and through studies and research that there are certain things that we can do to reduce our risk of certain things, right? If you have a high risk of breast cancer in your family, then yes, I think it would be wise to live in a way to not increase that risk of it, but to, to, try, to try to reduce it. And we know that alcohol is associated with breast cancer. I think that is wise. Uh, it's the same thing when I do um, talks on pre-diabetes and, you know, diabetes prevention, which I don't like to use the word prevention because again, we are capable of reducing risk. We are not capable of preventing. I don't think there's ever a hundred percent guarantee that we can prevent something from happening, but we can reduce our risk. So we know for people with type two diabetes or with a high risk of type two diabetes in their family, that they should be active because the number one thing that leads to type two diabetes is insulin resistance. The thing that we can help to prevent insulin resistance or to help improve that is through exercise and activity. And so I am hundred percent for reducing risks. I think that's what, that is the purpose of diet and exercises in our society. I do think that we should reduce our known risks of developing certain diseases. And I think that's okay. And I think that's wise. And I think that's biblical. It's a way of taking care of our body. But again, understanding that there's no guarantee we can do all the right things to reduce our risk, but we cannot eliminate risk. There is always going to be something else. And if, if me getting cancer is part of God's plan for my life, then I'm going to get cancer. Like there's nothing that I can do to stop that. Right. So, um, that is super interesting because Paul talks about it. Um, even in Corinthians, second Corinthians 12, seven through 10, he's talking about the thorn in the flesh and um, now this has been misused a lot by Christians to justify just about anything. But what I think of this thorn in the flesh is, is something that God might have given me that otherwise I might be conceited. Otherwise I might be really judgmental towards others. 
So let me read this passage, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So I do believe that uh, there are thorns in the flesh today. I think we all have a thorn in the flesh. Like a, a thorn in the flesh is any kind of hardship that God allows in our life that is going to keep us humble, right? That's going to bring us down. I think if we have this, this expectation in our mind that, oh, I'm going to live a long, healthy life and I'm not going to get cancer because I eat, you know, a vegan anti-inflammatory diet and I exercise this many times a week and therefore I am healthy like that creates this haughty pride in us this self-righteousness in us right like God might allow something to happen in your life to bring you down from that or to prevent you from getting there in the first place like we all have hardships and whether it's disease or something that like specifically affects our body or some other kind of like relational hardship or, uh, you know, job losses and things like that. I know like, like I've had lots of hardships in my life and I 100% believe that God has allowed them for a reason because I actually come out better after uh, working through that hardship, right? Like it draws me closer to him. It makes me more dependent on him. Uh, I become more Christ-like through each of those situations because he gives me the opportunity to work through my own issues and my sins and those things. And so, I think we all have a thorn in the flesh. It's just going to look different for everyone. Those thorns in the flesh, I think um, God gives us because faith really can't be built without testing. Mm -hmm. And so the thorns of the flesh are sometimes things that test us. And um, the only thing that we need to say about a test is I made it through it. Right. And hopefully better, right? Hopefully right. better on the other side. I heard someone say the other day, when you're facing a really hard day, you could say, I have, I can say that a hundred percent of the time I have made it through every single hard day in the past. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I have a couple of autoimmune diseases that, you know, one of them affects me pretty significantly. Um, but also my daughter, I have a special needs daughter that is very, very high needs um, that I know God gave her to me for a reason. He gave her to me because I needed her and he changed me so much, um, as a mother and as a person, and he made me so much better through her, but she is going to be a constant hardship in my life. She is. And, um, but I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it every day. And I know Jackie, your mom, she died at a very young age when like, how sad is that? And how did that impact your life going forward? Did you see that as something that God brought you through? Definitely, definitely. I, I was, um, I definitely leaned on God at a very young age. 
because of that. And um, I'm kind of choked up just even thinking about your daughter and the things that you have uh, gone through with your daughter, probably some of the judgmental kind of things that you have either heard or felt from Christians and, and uh, from other people. It, it, that's part of the hardship too, is not just the physical dealing with the day-to-day decisions that you have to make over it, but also all these other expectations around you. And it probably teaches you not to listen to anybody but God. Oh my goodness. I think, um, yeah, the biggest thing that has really come out of having Aubrey, I think patience, patience is a huge one. Uh, I think God really showed me what unconditional love is and what it means to love someone unconditionally. Um, she was very, you know, she's gotten better in her, in her older ages, but the first, you know, five, six years of her life, she, uh, she didn't sleep. She was actually awake most of the night and she would scream. We don't know if it was night terrors or what it was, if she was in pain, but she would wake up and she would scream and she would scream for hours on end. I'd actually have to hold her and, uh, restrain her so that she wouldn't pull her hair out or that she wouldn't scratch herself and make herself bleed. And I remember I would just spend every one of those nights just holding on to her and crying and praying out to God and just saying, like, like, just take this away from me. You know, like, I remember feeling like, like that prayer that Paul had in the Bible, just like, take this thorn from me because it is so hard to bear. And, you know, God brought me through it. I I don't know how I did that every night for so many years, but he brought me through it. And like I said, I'm, I'm better because of it. I have so much more patience. Uh, for difficult situations like that. And I'm, I'm able to bear hard things. Now I'm not perfect. I still struggle with um, things sometimes, but that, that was something I think, you know, that God brought me through that was good for me. It might've been painful in the moment, but it was so good for me long-term. And, um, and there is nothing that you could have done differently that would have changed, you know, having Aubrey and, um, you know, that, that is one situation, but there are a million other situations that people find themselves in, that there is nothing in a food, an anti-inflammatory supplement, a antioxidant, a clean diet, um, anything else that's going to change these, these really hard, hard things in our lives. Yeah. And I think that's where sometimes food just gets, um, or health or nutrition or whatever just gets put on these pedestals. And we think, oh, if we just do this, this is going to take care of it. And this is going to cure my ailments, right? There's, we're always looking for this magic pill or this magic thing and food gets too much credit. I think in a lot of cases, like, like we want to have faith in something. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's got to be something I can do. There's got to be something that I can deal with this. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying every single thing possible to help your child when they're in difficult situations or when you're in difficult situations. But, but we also have to realize there's a, there's a time where we put it in God's hands and say, okay, Lord, you're going to have to start dealing with my heart because I am not, I am not able to handle this on my own. And, you know, not to talk about myself again, um, but, you know, with my autoimmune condition, so I, I have Hashimoto's, I think, which I've mentioned before, which is fine. I actually, it's very controlled and I don't have any issues with it on a regular basis, but I also have um, chronic hives. 
So I end up with hives covering my body for months on end. Uh, and it comes and goes kind of whenever it pleases. I think, you know, I've identified some triggers, but one thing I think that I struggled with is as soon as I told someone that I had autoimmune disease, the first instance is you need to change your diet. You need to do this. You need to not eat this. You need to cut gluten out of your diet. You should take this and this and this. And I'm like, you know, I'm a dietitian. Like I do this for a living. I know how immunity acts. And like, if this was truly an allergy, if this was truly a food issue, I know how to identify that by keeping food records or something like that. Um, but over and over again, every time I end up with a flare up, someone is always telling me, you need to change your diet and you should do this. And I'm like, you know, I've tried it. When I first was diagnosed with this, you know, 19 years ago, I did, I tried the autoimmune protocols and I tried the different diets out there and tried the anti-inflammatory things. And I tried giving up some of those things. And guess what? It didn't make a difference for me. It made zero difference. And so, no, I'm not going to change my diet every single time I have a flare up of my disease because I know that it's not related to that. But I still, to this day, anytime I mention it, someone's like, oh, I have a supplement for you. You should try this. And it's like, but really is like, I've done tons of research on, on my condition. No one knows what it's caused from, you know, I think autoimmunity flares for different reasons. One of my big triggers is stress, but it, you know, the changing my diet and the controlling my diet or taking the multiple supplements or doing those things, it doesn't make a difference. And so I think that's just one of those instances where our culture, you know, is always, oh, food is the answer. Food is the answer. Diet is the answer. If you just do this, it's going to go away. And guess what? It's not like, for whatever reason, I have this condition and I, that's I do, not going to help. <laughs> and I do understand why we hope and put so much hope in food because, oh, that would be such an easy solution if I just leave out this, this, and this. Or they go to this doctor and he says, well, leave out wheat, corn, um, you know, five other items too. Right. And, you know, we have such hope that this was going to cure us. But, you know, God didn't design our bodies in a way that food makes everything go away or makes everything perfect. And by giving food that power, we are misplacing our yeah. faith. Yeah. And I don't blame people for trying it. I really don't. I mean, when you're suffering, um, you are willing to try anything. And so I do, I, I encourage people try it. If you, if you have this condition and you know, you think that doing this is going to help try it, see if it makes a difference, but if it doesn't, it's okay. You know, if it does great, continue doing that. If it doesn't, it's okay. Then maybe there's something else. Maybe there's nothing you can do. Maybe that's when we just need to surrender it and release it to God and just trust him, um, you know, that he's going to, that he's going to pull you through it and, or, or there, that there's going to be some kind of, you know, cure or antidote or medication or something down the road that will do it. Um, and maybe God will just heal you of it completely. I believe that he can do that too. So. And God is the healer and whether we are healed by some kind of medical uh, science or by, um, some kind, something that the doctor diagnoses and um, gives us medication for, etc. It's still God is our healer, and turning that over to Him gives a big weight off of our shoulders. That it really isn't something we did. That it's not yes. just something that is inherently bad about us because we are loved and we are dearly cared for. For. And God has an, a unique plan for each one of us, but sometimes 
that plan includes things that aren't quite in line with what we would have chosen? Oh, a hundred percent. I think, you know, when we think about Christianity, especially in the prosperity gospel movement, you know, they, they, they will tell you things like, well, um, if you're not healed, it's because you didn't have enough faith or the reason you have this problem is because uh, of some sin issue you have or something like that. And I think, you know, for anyone who's in any situation like that, that's, that's spiritual abuse <laughs> um, to tell someone that a condition that they have is, is their fault. You know, I guess, unless it's self-induced, I guess if you have a drug addiction, then that's probably your fault because you chose to do drugs. But, um, you know, I think it's, I think it can be really harmful when, when, when people think that, you know, there's no such thing as sickness and that God is going to heal everyone because he's not going to on this side of heaven. I think one day when we get to heaven, yes, we will all be healed. There will be no more sickness and we will have brand new bodies and we will live disease free. And I think that will be amazing, but we are not promised that on this earth. We are not promised that. And so I think it's unrealistic to think that if we just have enough faith, right, that it's all going to go away or it's all going to get better because that's just not true. I just think it goes back to um, Paul's thorn in the flesh because Paul asked the Lord to remove it from him. Right, three times. Yeah, and the Lord told him that his grace was sufficient. I think that's such a beautiful statement. And I think that it's something for all of us to remember that his grace is sufficient. And then in 2 Timothy 3.12, it's that all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So when we look at the perfect lives out there, the perfect diets, the perfect meal plans, okay, there's, you know, God has said, we as Christians will all suffer. So there are no perfect of any of those. Right. And just to make sure we're not putting too much of our faith um, and hope into those things. Right. Uh, I think when we, when we are suffering, we try to take control of something we can control and whether that's our diet or our exercise or, or something else. I think that's something that's very tempting for us. It's like, well, I'm just going to control everything I eat, which may make it better, may make it worse, or may not have any effect at all. You know, anything else about the thorn in the flesh or, you know, our culture and how it is, um, I guess, constantly telling us that if we just do these things, we're going to be healthy. I think it's, I think it's important to just have discernment. Maybe that's one thing that we can leave people with is to make sure that you're just being really discerning about, um, what you're being told. I think if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I think that's a good statement to live by. If they're promising something, I mean, you know, go ahead and try it. But I, I would say be, be kind of skeptical and uh, really evaluate if something is helping or not. But, you know, we can reduce our risk through the way that we live. I think we should make wise choices in our daily lives and what we're doing. Um, but again, then surrendering the rest to God and just trusting in him and his timing. And I think another thing we can draw out of this is that when you have someone who is suffering from something, you know, not putting your own kind of meal plan diet on them, like that, that was like, Brooke, you probably could speak better to that. Um, Well, I just think, yeah, everyone, everyone likes to, you know, give advice. 
um, or you know has an opinion for something. So the second you say you have something wrong, if someone else had either a personal experience um, or again, if they're selling something that's gonna help you, uh, I think you know people are very quick to give that kind of advice. And I do think it's well-intentioned. I think a lot of them really do care about you and they're like, hey, this worked for me, you should try this. And maybe it'll work for you, maybe it won't. But we're all different and we're all gonna react differently to different things and our, our situations are different. And so I think it's just be mindful, be discerning and be aware of um, maybe some of that advice you're receiving and where it's coming from. And you know, if it could truly be helpful or, or not, maybe it could be harmful, I don't know. And we truly do appreciate our listeners and we appreciate each one of you and let us hear from you. Tell us uh, what your, your struggles are. Tell us where, what your uh, sojourning has looked like and let's engage in this conversation and, and talk about it more fully. So thank you for being a part of our podcast and we look forward to talking with you more. Yeah. Have a great week. Thank you.